Hello. Let's pray, shall we? Oh, sorry, I should introduce. Hello, I'm Joe. Hello. Yeah, I've turned it on. Um, let's pray. Ooh. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Speak your words to each and every one of us here. Help us to hear what you want to say, even if it's not what comes out of my mouth. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Amen. All right, we're going to do a quick survey. You do not need to put up your hands. Um, that's just to clarify, do not put your hands up. Who worries about food? I'm worried about food. I worry about food a lot. Dieting, trying to not eat the really, really yummy bag of crisps and whatnot. Who worries about clothes? I worry about whether I fit into them. Do they look good? Are they a little bit snug? They're a little bit snug. Is this appropriate for work? Am I going to flash the students as I bend over their tables? I have done that. Very embarrassing. Um, who worries about their diaries? All the things that they've got to do. The busyness, the week, the week ahead, the month ahead, the year ahead. <laughs> when will I ever have space? When will I see my husband? When will I see my child? When will I do my marking? You might not all worry about that. But if you want to do my marking, you're very welcome to it. Um, on top of that, the worries of our lives, we worry about big, bigger things. What happens if something happens to our families, to our friends? What will I do? How will I cope? Things like that. Brexit. Let's face it, everyone worries about Brexit because, yeah, Donald Trump, what the heck? There are so many things in the world to be worried about. We could spend our entire life worrying about them. I do. I'm the sort of person who wakes in the middle of the night going, no, how will I do this? Oh, no, I've got to do this. Oh, drat, I've forgotten about... I sit there and I plan to-do lists in my head in the middle of the night, which generally results in lots of wiggling and not sleeping. Um, sorry, darling. Um, there is so much to worry about, and there always will be. We will be, have things to worry about today, tomorrow, for the rest of our lives, for... Yes. But it's how we respond to that worry that's key because it's always going to be there if we let it. And here's the big thing, we don't need to. I have been this, oh, sermons always seem to come at very poignant moments. I've had a megaly stressful week. So many things about to think about, so many things to worry about. And actually, all this worry, all of this stress, it's not making any difference to my life, other than making me a bit more miserable and a bit more grumpy and probably less effective at the things I do. And you could argue, worrying is planning. We're planning for the future. Um, and planning is good. Planning is important. Jesus encouraged planning. But worry is different. Worry is where we are per- perpetually uneasy. We're constantly distracted. Oh, but, oh, and I need to think about that. The birds and the animals don't worry. My dog is my principal example of an animal in my life. Um, he is pretty chilled. Except for thunder and lightning and fireworks, in which case he's a shivering ball of mess, and it's quite funny and very worrying. But he doesn't spend his life worrying. He doesn't think, oh, are they going to feed me next? Will you feed me? Will you feed me? Except at dinner time when he's very loud and shouty. He doesn't worry about how he looks, because he's cute and fluffy all the time. He just trusts. He trusts that we will feed him. And on the whole, we do. And if my two-year-old daughter's involved, more regularly than not, she's worked out how to break into his food bin, and she just likes... Anyway. But the the birds don't worry, the animals don't worry. You don't see flocks of flamingos in lakes go, ooh, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? Can I continue standing on this one leg? They just don't. They don't strain about what the future's going to be bringing and what's going to happen next. 
They don't seek security in things stored up, go, right, I've, got a, I've stashed a bone there, so it'll be okay. Except for squirrels. Squirrels do that because they store things for the winter. Let's not worry about squirrels. So why do we? Why do we worry about the future and what's going to happen? Now, this is a slight aside. I like an aside. People say Jesus isn't funny. Jesus is funny. He talks about worrying making you taller. Nothing can make you taller, except maybe a rack, and I don't recommend that. Sorry, history teacher. But Jesus is funny. He's talking about our lives getting longer by worrying. Not going to happen. Not humanly possible. So Jesus moves on. He talks about animals, and then he moves on to flowers. And there is almost nothing more beautiful than a flower bed of just magnificent colours in bloom. Or a mountain meadow just full of wild flowers. They are stunning. They are beautiful. And God did it just because. He just wants them to be beautiful because they're beautiful. And yet, throughout history, the flowers, when they're dying, nothing starts a fire like a dead flower. Cut it down, bung it on the fire, shroom. It's like the early form of fire lighters. Um, it's brilliant. God makes such beautiful things in the world, and there is little more beautiful than an amazing bunch of flowers. Um, and he does it just because. We're more, we're more important than flowers. I can genuinely say, hand on heart, I'm more important than a flower. You are all individually more important than flowers. So how much more is he going to care for us? Worry is the action of people who don't believe in God. Worry is distrusting God. And I say this to myself because I worry. Worry is where we don't trust that he's got the best for us. Worry is us doubting that he has got us. Just yesterday, I was talking to the fabulous Emma Noonan before our ladies' breakfast. And she was saying how every single time she's worrying about the worship. She leads the worship brilliantly. Every time she's worried, is it going to work? Is it going to happen? And every single time God comes through and our women's breakfasts are amazing. And I do that. God comes through for us each and every time. Probably far more than we could ever ask or imagine. And my problem, the reason I worry so much is that, and I'm going to be brutally honest here, I don't trust that God is faithful. I, I don't trust that he is true to his word. I don't trust enough that he loves me but he does he loves me he loves me so much that he wants me to call him daddy that really he's the king of kings he created the world and the universe and he wants me little piddly me to call him daddy that's huge and he wants that for each and every one of us he loves us so much that jesus died on a cross So we could crawl into his lap and go, Daddy, he loves us so much that he broke the chains of hell so that we wouldn't have to suffer there. He loves us. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And writing this again has been reminding me, he loves me. And he loves each and every one of us. And he promises in his word in the Bible that he is faithful. He promises us that he is true and he is. And I'm going to set a challenge here. I'm sure that most of us have stories or lots of us have stories of God's faithfulness. God coming through. God coming through in those difficult times. And you know what? Over coffee, talk, ask someone about it. 
Can you tell me a story of when God was faithful? It would be much more interesting than talking about the weather and the fact that it hasn't rained yet today. Let's ask each other. Tell me a story of when God's been faithful in your life. Because nothing inspires us. Nothing builds our faith like hearing stories of God coming through in people's lives. And I've got numerous ones. Pin me down. Not literally. Um, And I will very happily share. But I want to hear other people's. Because that inspires us. And it will amaze us. And it will inspire our trust in him. At the end of the passage, Jesus tells us how we can stop ourselves from worrying. I love a practical answer to fix a problem. It's brilliant. He says to seek and concentrate on the kingdom of God. Great. Easy. Not. When we fix our eyes on our living, faithful, kind, joyful God, the creator of everything, the king of heaven, the prince of peace, when we fix our eyes on Jesus, those big, loving, caring eyes, when we fix our eyes on the man who welcomed little children with open arms, who would just totally be sat with Maisie on his lap going, she's just so cute, because she is. When we fix our eyes on the man who touched the untouchable lepers, people who hadn't experienced human contact for decades, who loved the unlovable. So if you're sat there thinking, yeah, I'm not worthy of love, no one one can love me. He loves those people above all. He welcomed the outcast. If we fix our eyes on Jesus and who he is, when we accept his will for our lives, And believe that actually, A, he does know best. He's got a bigger perspective on things. He wants the best for us. He wants us to be the most fully alive person you could possibly be. He wants you, Jade, to be the best Jade you could possibly be. And you're pretty magnificent as you are. He wants you to be more fully alive than anyone. Well, than each. You know what I mean. That's what he wants. He wants us to be filled with joy and with life. Then... When we fix our eyes, then worry gets defeated. Great love drives out every concern. Great love, and his love is the greatest of all, drives out worry. It drives out fear. Such love can inspire our work. It can intensify our study. It can purify our lives. It can dominate our whole lives. And worry, therefore, doesn't get a look in. Now, I read a daily quiet time book, last thing at night, usually I'm dozing off to sleep. And on the 20th of September, just so you can see the relevance of the date, it's the 20th of September, it says this, um, and the person who wrote it was listening to God, and this is what she felt God was saying, it's from a book called um, Jesus Calling, it's a cracker. And it says, try to see things more and more from my perspective, Let the light of my presence so fully fill your mind that you view the world through me. And I must say, having got new glasses, well, having got glasses for the first time in my life on Thursday, does make a difference. Things are just a little bit clearer. It's nice. And so I've got a whole new perspective on this. So when we view the world through him, imagine almost every morning you put on the glasses of God. You'll see things just that little bit more clearly. It's great. Um, When little things don't go as you had hoped, look at me, saying look at him, Jesus, and say, oh well, 
This simple discipline can protect you from being burdened with the accumulation of petty cares and frustrations. If you practice this diligently, you'll make a life-changing discovery. You realise that most things that worry you are not important. Yeah. If you shrug them off immediately and return your focus to me, you'll walk through your days with lighter steps, with a joyful heart. I want a bit of that. When serious problems come your way, you'll have more reserves for dealing with them. You will not have squandered your energy on petty problems. You may even reach the point where you can agree with the Apostle Paul that all your troubles are light and momentary compared with the eternal glory being achieved by them. And I was totally struck by that and the timing was clearly God. Because if you are sick of being constantly niggled and unsettled by worry, then let's live one day at a time. Let's give our unknown future to Jesus. Because let's face it, he's going to be there anyway. And when we're worrying about our future, we frequently forget to actually include him. Jesus knew that worry is banished when God becomes the dominating power. Hello, gorgeous. Um, In our lives. So if you're thinking, that's nice, but how do I do that? Let's start by asking him. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. And if you want, join in in your head. So just go, yeah, I agree with that. Yep, yeah, I agree with that. So let's pray. <sighs> Heavenly Daddy, you are the Lord of all creation. And Father, you know all. You know how much time we waste worrying and how it consumes us and how it stops us being created how you created us to be, fully alive. It's not how you designed us to be. The enemy likes to use worry to distract us from you. But we choose, here and now, to fix our eyes on you. We ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you will help us to fix our eyes on you, on your love, on your faithfulness. Help us to walk out of here today taller, not because we worried about it, but because we choose not to carry the baggage of worry with us, because we choose to leave it with you. We know that it will take time to undo these lifelong habits, but help us each day to choose you and to not beat ourselves up when we stumble, but to hold on to your hand to get back up again. We trust our lives and those of our family and our friends and the situation we're living in in our world to you. You who knows us best and knows them best and knows the situation best and loves us no matter what. Daddy, we choose life with you rather than shadows filled with worry. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Help us to live in this truth and focus our lives on you. Amen. Joe, thank you very, very much indeed for um, a wonderful um, challenge to us to to fix our eyes on the Lord um, in order to not live with worry. And the one thing that strikes me is that there could be some people here this morning who would say, that sounds great, it sounds really good. I, I, I would love a life with less worry, with less anxiety, with less 
um, feeling you know, that things are burdening me down. But, but how do you actually fix your eyes on Jesus? How do you get there? How do you get to that place? And I want to take this opportunity to say that one of the best ways to do this, and actually Jade has done this uh, as well. She, she came on one of our Alpha courses. And um, we've got a new Alpha course starting this week. It starts up on Wednesday evening. It's an evening course at 7.30 um, here in Southcote. And uh, the Alpha course is a very informal, relaxed introduction to the Christian faith and how we begin to connect with God, connect with Jesus, and begin to um, allow him to lift those burdens off us, to, to be the person who steers our lives. And so if that sounds interesting to you, the Alpha course, it's not a course as in doing essays and stuff like that. We basically drink coffee, eat cake, um, listen to a little bit of, of, of input, of, of Christian understanding, and then we have a great discussion. And, uh, and so it's a really good evening. Um, I did, this, this started my Christian walk really 20 years ago, and it was, I had some of the best evenings of my life um, discussing with others the big questions of life. And... So I recommend that to you. There are flyers on the side, outside of the welcome area. Please do take one if you're interested in joining those who've already signed up for the course. So we're going to now conclude our worship time today with a couple of songs um, which describe the amazing grace and the amazing love of God. Um, that he frees us from that rubbish we were thinking about earlier. And part of that rubbish is that worry and anxiety that Joe's been talking about. So let's stand and let's conclude our time of worship together in these last two songs.